Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. There is an end in sight, isn't there? I mean, we have tomorrow, but there is an end in sight. And that is to enter through those pearly gates. What a day that will be. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, what it would be like on that very last day to finally go through the gates and to meet our Lord and Savior. However, in the meantime, we've got to stay in 2020, right? That's where God has us in the year 2020. Before I share this morning, I want to share something that I've done over the number of years that I've known the Lord. And I can't say I've done it all the years. It was a few years after I became a Christian that I started doing this. And I started preparing myself for the new year and looking for a verse in the Bible that will carry me through the whole year. And so I've pretty much done that uh, every year for the last 20 years or so. I choose a verse for that particular year. I write it down in the front of my Bible And I'm reminded throughout the year to take a look at that verse and to absorb what it has for me. And so I'm just doing this as a suggestion for you. I don't know if you've ever done that. But I'd like to encourage you to, and it doesn't have to be done like today or tomorrow. You can take some time. What I do is I generally, as I'm reading through scripture, I ask the Lord, what is it? For me this year. And, and it, God always seems to direct me to a passage, and I go, This is the passage I want for this year. And so I want to encourage you to do that. For this year, for myself, is Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. I've chosen that for myself this year. And uh, over the year, I'm going to be looking at that verse time and time again. I'm encouraged and strengthened through that, and I'd, I'd love to share. Uh, that with you so that you also may be encouraged. Father, this morning, we are moving and have already entered into the year 2020. We don't know what this year holds for us, but Father, we ask you to reveal it to us and to prepare us for this year. And so we ask that you would speak to us and that we would have ears to listen. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning I want to share some things that have inspired me through the work of Bruce Martin. Uh, He's done a a wonderful um, message of looking into the future. And so I've basically taken some of his work and incorporated it into my message this morning. So this morning I have titled the message, 2020, The Future is Your Choice. The future is your choice. Uh, Very often we think we don't have a choice, but God gives us choices. He opens the doors. He doesn't force us through doors. He opens doors and he says, this is the door I want you to go through. And then we make the decision as to whether we go with him or we go our own way. 
Very often we struggle with that. So I want to begin also with uh, this passage in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Here scripture says in chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. There's a, I want to quote Richard Evans. And he said this, and I, I thought it was very profound. He said, The tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon but that we wait so long to begin it. The tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin life. We are a people that tend to procrastinate. <laughs> we might use that as a word. We're scared to move on. We're scared to move forward. Usually the biggest problem that we have in life is getting started. We have all kinds of ideas. We have all kinds of plans. But actually putting them into action is a difficult thing. God had a plan for the Israelites. And he opened up that plan for them. But they decided that that wasn't for them. They were going to take another path. And the result of the path that they took was 40 years in the desert. 40 years in the desert. And they were in the school of hard knocks for that time. It was not an easy time to be in the desert. So this morning, I'm, maybe I'm going to, okay, I'm just going to maybe ask somebody to grab a mic and, and you can kind of pass it around because I want a response from, from you this morning. And the question is this, from your perspective, what happened in the desert? What happened to the Israelites in the desert? What happened to their future? What happened to their relationship with God? I'd just like a few responses. Your perspective of what happened in the desert of Sinai. They went to the desert. Because the Lord said, deliver it to my rest because they refused to go into the promised land. They refused to they go. Refused. So they, they believed the, the reports of the spies, most of the spies. And even though the Lord said, all you have to do is go, I'll send my angel before you, they still refused to go. That's why they had to go into the desert. Okay, very good. So they all died in the desert, and the only people that saw the promised land were their children. Very good. Any other perspectives on, on what happened to the Israelites? 
The promised land was where they were aiming for. God had given them the promised land, but fear kept them out. Unbelief. Unbelief, yes. But two men went in. Yes. They said, we are well able to take the promised land. And the crossing, they had already crossed the Red Sea. Now here was a second crisis. It reminds us in our own life, we're saved, we start well, but we come to the place where, does the Lord have our all? Exactly. And that's the, the real crisis. When we have that, he leads us into the fullness of his blessing. Amen. Amen. Any other responses to what happened in the desert? I believe if it's the same scripture I'm thinking of, it was where the spies had gone into the land to check out what was available there for food and see how bad the enemy was that was in there. Um, they, when they came back, they gave them the story, two versions of it. One, there were giants in the land, and there's no way we were ever going to conquer this land. So in other words, they took the belief of a person who had never really been there over the belief of someone who had seen what was available to them. Next, right next behind you there. Um, when they were in the desert, I think they got tested and became really impatient and started demanding things of God. They were hungry, they were thirsty, they didn't have what they wanted and everything was bland and um, they just became very bitter. Land of Egypt was a land of plenty, wasn't it? And all of a sudden, because they didn't believe, they were stuck in this desert experiencing some troubling times, yes. Anyone else? Did you notice they didn't sit at the entrance to the promised land either? They didn't just sit there and decide eventually to go. They had to walk for 40 years. Yes, uh, they wandered. They yeah. wandered. And, uh, and for me, that means that we can go through life, but it's aimless. There's no purpose to it, right? Yeah, very good, very good. We hear a lot from over here. Any responses on this side of the, the room? Okay. Okay, it's no problem. Uh, just some of the responses was great. It was great to hear um, what some of you had to share this morning. And one of the things that we do notice is that sin always takes us in a direction that we don't really want to go. The Israelites wanted freedom, God gave them the path of freedom, showed them the way in order to, 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 to have everything that he had promised them, and yet they didn't go where they really wanted to go. It was sin, that their own sin, that prevented them from, from going. That sin was unbelief. But God was merciful. And yet, even though God is merciful, there's a price to pay. God looked at their sin, forgave their sin, but there was a cost. And the cost was a whole generation that died in the desert. 
They never made it to the promised land. The Israelites learned that with God, there is always provision through the desert. It wasn't until they trusted him that God provided. And then he provided manna, and he provided quail, and he provided water. He provided the very things that they needed to sustain life. God never gave them more than what they needed. He gave them just enough. Just enough to constantly depend upon him. The Israelites learned faith and dependency on God and not on themselves. They learned that facing hardships and struggles prepared them to reach their greatest potential. They had a great potential, and it was there. They knew that their potential was in God. They knew that the path was not easy. That's one of the things that they learned. God doesn't choose the easiest paths. But they also learned that in the end, it's worth it. And I think we have a lesson there to learn for ourselves. We can learn through Israel's mistakes. When we get to Joshua chapter 3, the portion that I read, it's really about graduation day, graduating from the desert into the mission field. It, It was not into retirement. God didn't bring them through 40 years in the desert in order to say, okay, now sit down, relax, everything is fine. They went from the desert into the mission field. That was God's plan for them. And it was mentioned here, there was only two people that actually were of an older generation that made it into the promised land. And that was because they had faith. But now there was a whole new generation that had grown up. And they were now ready to take on some new challenges. They were ready to receive the promise that God had given them. But what they found is they found that the threshold, threshing, the, the threshold was the Jordan River. The Jordan River stood between them and the promise. As we journey into 2020, I want to encourage you to take a look at Joshua chapter 3 and make it relevant to your life, to our church, to our community, to this new year. So I want to uh, share with you nine things, nine things to, to encourage you today. The first one is this. Let's move forth with fresh Fresh anticipation. Let's move forth with fresh anticipation. One of the things that we notice is, very first thing in the passage is that they didn't start in the midday. They started early in the morning. They started fresh. Uh, An early start prepares us for what is going to take place, the challenges that may come up. If we take a journey, we want to start early in the morning in case some things hinder us on that journey. In Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, Scripture says, Because of the Lord's great love, his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Even God starts in the morning. 
Isn't that interesting? They are new every morning. God's compassion and God's mercy and his faithfulness starts fresh and new every morning. The idea of starting a new year brings this idea of something new, something fresh, something that has uh, the ability to give us new energy to where we are going. At the end of the year, we don't make plans and say, well, in the last day of the year, but on the first day of the year, we say, this is what I am going to do. We make New Year's resolutions. And we look forward to what is going to take place. It's a good time to move forward at the start of the year, a new year. One of the things we realize is that the old year is behind us. In fact, we can't get anything back from yesterday. Everything that has happened in 2019 is behind us. We can't take it with us. It's gone. But there is new stuff ahead of us. And the way forward is to go ahead. Going ahead is not simply about you. Sometimes we tend to think, especially in our North American mindset, that everything is about me, individualism. But God had never planned for man to think about himself. God's plans were always for us to think about the greater, to think about the person next to you, to think about the community, to think about the whole body, the nation. When Joshua started out with the Israelites, he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about the nation. He wasn't thinking about the leadership. He was thinking about the whole and his desire was, and it's God's desire as well, to move together, to be together. It's about his church. It's about his kingdom. And moving forward is moving forward together. Secondly, let's move out of our comfort zones. Let's move out of our comfort zones we realize that as we look at the Israelites in the desert, that it also became a place of comfort. After 40 years, I believe that they actually got comfort, comfortable in the desert. How did they get comfortable? Well, first thing is they didn't have to sew clothes. They didn't have to make new clothes. God made sure that their clothes did not wear out. Not only that, they didn't have to find food. God provided manna. Every morning they went out to eat. He provided meat for them. He provided water for them. They had everything they needed. All they had to do was just follow that pillar every day and settle down and be comfortable. Forty years of the same thing. You know, we get pretty comfortable when we get into routines. It doesn't matter whether they're good or not. We get into a certain routine and we get to like that routine. We like our comfortable situation and we do everything that we can to stay in that place. If we think of where we are today, we're pretty comfortable. 
We don't want to go back to where we were. We don't want to draw water from a well. We like to open our taps. Uh, We don't want to cook over a fire anymore. It's pretty easy to turn on the stove. Uh, We don't want to uh, travel by horse and buggy. We're pretty comfortable in our vehicles. We enjoy our, our nice, comfortable, roomy homes. We enjoy coming together in this beautiful building, worshiping God together, singing songs, uh, sitting in padded pews, uh, you know, spending an hour here or an hour and a half here. Uh, we get pretty comfortable this, and we might think, well, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I, I'm, I'm living my life for the Lord. Uh, I, I, I'm reading my Bible, and, 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 and I'm attending services and studies and all that stuff, and it, it feels pretty good. I don't want to change that. And we might even think, you know what? I think that God is pleased with my life. Because I'm certainly not like those other folks out there. But let's just think about that for a moment. How does that mindset fit in with Jesus' commission which he has given us? Go and make disciples. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus didn't say, get comfortable in your Christian environment and enjoy that time. He said, go and make disciples. Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 and 36. He says this, he says, when did you feed me? Give me a drink, invite me in, clothe me, tend my illness, visit me. The thing that we have to understand is that we can get very comfortable and not fulfill the commission which Jesus has given us. One thing that Jesus didn't promise us was easy street. He didn't say, once you have committed your life to me, then everything will fall together. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. If you believe in me, there's going to be trouble because I'm going to move you into places that are very uncomfortable. But it's not all about being uneasy and uncomfortable. There's joy and there's confidence when we move ourselves and put ourselves into action and do the work that Jesus has called us to because it's not about us. It's about us being called into ministry. It's about us being called to make an impact on other people, impacting lives. We are called to be Christ's ambassadors. That's what Jesus has called us to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. God is appealing to those who don't know him through us. Doesn't that take a little different perspective? The real question for us is this. How much do you love God? How much do you love God? How much are you willing to give God? 
We all set limits. Say, God, I'm going to give you this much. The rest of it is mine. (laughs) I like my life. I like the things that I am doing. The next question is, are you with God? Or are you planning to stay behind? Do you want to go forward with God or do you want to stay behind? Do you want to stay in your cozy chair? Or do you want to risk everything that you have for more? You've probably seen TV shows, right? Where they have a choice. Either take what's there or turn the card over. Some people risk turning the card over because there's so much more behind there. It's a chance we take. Thirdly, let's move through change powerfully. One of the things that we got to know is that everything changes. Everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Whether we want it to or not, everything does change. If we go back to the story of Joshua, we find that, and we kind of have to imagine this, here is all of Israel. They have followed Joshua. They have moved from camp right to the, to the shores of the Jordan River, which, were in flood, which was in flood stage. And here's this raging river. And here's the Israelites who, have, who are now standing in front of this raging river. And what is between them and the promise is just this Jordan River. But it's a great hurdle to get over. And the challenge was that on the other side, there's new territory. On the other side is the promise. On the other side, there is, there is much to be held. When they came to the Jordan River, is that what they expected? I wonder if they didn't expect God to make it easy for them. You know, the, the, the river would be at a trickle. Back in Swan River, where we used to live, there's, a, there's a, a little river called the Little Woody River. And in August, there's a trickle. In some places, you can probably just jump across. But in the springtime, it's raging. In fact, it is going so fast and so deep that in some places, it's filling all of the ditches and going over the roadways. It's not a time that you want to cross that river. For the Israelites, it was like that. They came to the edge of this river. This is not a place that they wanted to cross. Yet they knew the promise was on the other side. Challenges come with hardships. They just do. But challenges also come with blessings. Challenges and change are opportunities that allow us to see God move. It's not a time when we say we can do it. It's a time when we say we can't do it. But you can. We're not supposed to run away from challenges. We're not supposed to look at challenges as a way of disappointment, but we are to accept the challenges as growth opportunities. God doesn't make things difficult for us to say this is where we stop. 
God says, this is going to be difficult because once you get past this, there's a promise out there for you. Challenges and change are building blocks for the future. Fourthly, let's move in time with God. There's a time to move forward and there's a time to stay put. Israel was anxious to get into the promised land. They were told it's time now. But then God made them wait three days on the other side of the Jordan. Now the Jordan was at flood stage. And they knew that every day that was going to get higher and higher. After three days, God said, now is the time to go. And Israel was thinking, wait a minute, it's at its highest stage. This is the worst time for us to cross the Jordan. But God's timing is always the right time. And God said it was the right time. Because now they would see not what they could do. Now they would see what God could do. Isn't that the way it is in our life? It's not what we can do. It's what God can do through us. The biggest problem we face is that we don't want to go ahead with things because we can't see what's on the other side. We have this barrier that's there and it's preventing us from taking the chance. And windows of opportunity quickly disappear. The Israelites learned that as they went into the desert the first time. God had a plan to take them into the promised land. He revealed it to them and they wouldn't go. The window of opportunity closed for them. Forty years of lessons in the desert. They weren't going to repeat the same mistake again. We need to leave room for God to work. Next, let us move behind our leadership. One of the things that we realize is that Jesus led and Jesus had followers. And those followers followed Jesus. They didn't go out on their own. You're not a follower if you're not following. God chooses the direction. God chooses the path, the process. And he moves through leadership. He moves through your pastor. He moves through the leadership that is in place in your church. Through teaching, through guiding, through showing them where they need to go. And as a re- it is a responsibility of you to follow their leadership. To take action and follow in the direction that they are leading. But very often what happens is number two on the list. Remember we were talking about number two. It's about comfort. Very often leadership wants to take you in a certain direction, but I'm comfortable. I don't want to change this. I'm very happy with what's happening now. But leadership wants to move forward. Sometimes we don't want to move in that direction because we're comfortable there. It feels good. Very often we don't move toward change until we feel pain. 
It's when we feel pain that we say, whoa, wait a minute, I can't stay here any longer. That's when we move from where we're sitting to another place. And the interesting thing about that is, is as soon as the pain is gone, we move from this place into this other place. We want to get settled in there right away. and We want to get comfortable there again. Then there's also the trouble with number three, challenges. Challenges always seem to be too much effort. It's hard to move forward. It's hard to be challenged. Just uh, over the Christmas period here, we went to Swan River to be with uh, our children. But our daughter, Bonnie, uh, came up with a, a great surprise. She had a puzzle. And what she did with that puzzle was that she took a photograph of her children and it was on the backdrop of their backyard against the bush. And she ordered this to be a puzzle. But then she decided, well, that's not really too much of a challenge because it'll all be in color. So she decided that this is going to be black and white. So she ordered this puzzle in black and white, and she brought it out for us when we came there. And the challenge was to put this puzzle together. Now, I don't know if you know what it looks like, to put a puzzle together of a bunch of bush and leaves and grass that all look the same and nearly the same shade. It was quite a challenge. But we spent about three days, a couple of hours a day, a few of us, trying to put this puzzle together. We got about 25% of that puzzle done. <laughs> of course, we ran out of time. But it's the challenge. My son-in-law's uh, sister and husband were actually gifted with this puzzle first. But they decided it's too hard. They had that puzzle for two years and never opened it. <laughs> so you understand what challenges do? But challenges are often opportunities where we rely upon God, not upon ourselves, but we rely upon God to say, God, you can take us past this challenge. And so we need to be ready to move with God, his timing and his leadership. There's a very interesting aspect to all of this, and that is that there is a ministry out there that is actually depending on, on you and me, on all of us. They're even expecting us. There are people out there who want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people out there who are not satisfied with their lives, who want more, and they're waiting to hear it. They're waiting to see their life changed. They're expecting us in their life. They're anticipating an answer to prayer. But if we're comfortable and not up to a challenge, what will change? You and I have been called to be ambassadors 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to warm pews. I know there's a challenge here to move forward and we want to move forward. But we can get anxious as well. So let's move with patience. Joshua said to the Israelites, he says, move out from your positions. And I'm sure that they were very anxious at that point. They all wanted to to get there as quickly as possible. Sometimes when there's an opportunity, we want to get there fast too, before something changes. I'm sure that they wanted to get to the Jordan before it hit the crest. Because there was a greater possibility of getting across on their own power. But God said, wait a minute, be patient. He made them wait three days. And when it was at its highest level, God said, now is the time. And they said, no, this is the very worst time. This isn't even possible. And it wasn't. Because it wasn't relying upon what they could do. They wanted to get ahead because of wrong motives. They were thinking about themselves. They weren't thinking about what God had for them. We have this idea, we we kind of fall into this world practice that says, strike while the iron is hot. Or make hay while the sun is shining. We want the opportunities that make it possible for us to do. I know I too sometimes get anxious. I want to get out of the desert and I want to get to the promised land. I want this church to go forward. I want us all to just be totally passionate for the Lord. I want us to do great things for the Lord, but I too need to be patient because it's not my work, it's God's work. It's God's work. Following Jesus gets us there. In 1994, Moreau Prosperi, in a marathon of the sands in Morocco, got lost. What happened was, is that he ran over a hundred miles into the Sahara Desert, all by himself. He only had water and food for two days. Seven days he was without water and without food. Nearly dead, by God's grace, he was found by a shepherd girl. But he got lost because he went ahead of the pack. He ventured out on himself, by himself. He said, I'm going to get there first. He didn't stay together with the group. He went on his own. When Jesus leads, we must patiently follow because getting ahead gets us lost. Next, let's move confidently in faith. Let's move forward confidently in faith. Joshua says this to the people. He says, they have never been this way before. It's new territory. We need to take God at his word. And we need to know that he leads us on new paths. He will. We're not going to be going down old trails. We're going to be going down new trails, new experiences, exploring new territory. And that takes faith. 
It takes trust in God. We haven't lived through 2020 yet. So we don't know what 2020 holds. And we may be worried about what's going to happen throughout this year. We may be concerned about our jobs. We may be concerned about the future, money, health. But we also have to remember, wasn't it God that took us to this place here today? Over all the years, didn't he take us to 2020? In what year could we say God has failed us? I don't know how old you are, but if you're 20 or 40 or 60 or 80 or 90, if God has never failed you, then will he fail you in 2020? I don't think so. He hasn't failed you and he will not. Paul in Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 says this, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul isn't saying, I'm forgetting everything that happened in the past. He's not relying on the past, he's relying on what's in the future. So we can't rely on what happened yesterday. We can remember There's many lessons of yesterday, but we look forward to the future. Then let's move ahead and not backwards. (laughs) It's very easy, isn't it, sometimes to think, well, I'm going ahead, and the next thing you know, we're going backwards. Something comes in the way. We get disappointed, we get discouraged, and the next thing we do is we go back again. We need to put aside the world here. And we need to prepare for spiritual encounters. Not to limit what we know, but to open our minds to what God wants, not what we want. Very often we make our own plans. We say, God, come and bless these plans. But God's saying, no, no. I have plans. Prepare to have a spiritual encounter with me. Metaphorically, that's what happened to the Israelites. To cross the Jordan. They had to leave the desert behind. And they had to go forward trusting God. They had to begin anew. Sometimes we say, in this day and age, we say, burn your bridges. Burning your bridges doesn't mean that we forget about what's behind us and and get rid of everything, but it means is don't go back. Go forward. If we look to God, we will find that he will do wonders, even miracles. He will do more than we can expect or imagine. So the question for us is this, are we ready to go with God's plans? Are we ready for God's process? Are we ready for God's blessings? Are we ready to be part of the future that God has? Or are we going to stand by and watch it happen to other people and other churches?
Are we going to stand by and watch God work through other churches? It's a good question, isn't it? Are we going to be fans? Are we going to be participants? It's another good question. Are we going to be fans or are we going to be participants? Because one thing I know is that every participant has the opportunity for reward. But if you're a fan, you are paying the way for the participants. And rewards are not for fans. Rewards are for participants. So do you want to be a fan or a participant? Lastly, let's move forward because the time is now. The time is now. Joshua commanded the priests and he said, take up the ark and pass on ahead. The time was now. Now was the time. Even though the Jordan was at its highest point, and I can imagine these priests who were carrying the ark thinking, I don't know what's going to happen here because that, that river is raging. And when we step in there, we don't know if we're stepping down uh, six inches or ten feet. But they went forth. And the moment the priest's feet touched the water, it stopped flowing. It was impossible to cross over that river on their own power. But by faith, they stepped forward. God's promises were realized. You know, God has a promise for you too. God has a promise for us. God has a promise for his church. 2020 may be a challenge. In fact, 2020 may become very uncomfortable for some people. 2020, there may be changes that you don't agree with. But if we together trust God, then 2020 is going to be a blessing. It's not trusting me. It's not trusting leadership. It's trusting God. It's saying, you know what? I understand that God is working through leadership. And I have to trust God. God is doing the work that he's doing. These guys, these people who are, God has placed into leadership are just following the instructions that God has for them. Trust God. Let us realize God's blessings. Let us reach God's blessings. Let us, let us um, experience God's promises, his wonders in 2020. Let's risk everything that we have everything that we know. Let's put it into God's hands. Let's move forward confidently trusting God because that's going to take us through 2020 and we will realize those promises. God will make changes. God will move in a powerful way and we will see him 
act and move in our own lives. Do you believe that? Amen. So I'm going to say, let's do it. Let's do it. I want to do something this morning. And I'm going to call our leadership up this morning. They don't know about this. So I'm going to call our leadership to the front here this morning. Because I want us to pray a blessing over this church for 2020. We want to call on God to move in a very powerful way. So just come, come to the front here. And I'm just going to ask them to reach out their hands. And we're going to pray a blessing over this congregation. Father, this is your church. We are your people. Just as the Israelites were your promised people, so is the church your promised people. And Father, we want to ask, we ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your blessing. Father, we ask that you would bless this church in unity, in friendship, in love for one another. Father, we pray that you would pour out the blessing of your Holy Spirit upon this church, gifting us with everything that we need to accomplish the commission which you have given us. Father, we pray for your blessing to be upon us as we minister to our community. Father, we pray that you would bless us with open doors, Father, that you would bless us with opportunities to share the gospel, with opportunities to share our lives, to share the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, the opportunities to share the blessings which you have bestowed upon us. Father, may you bless us in making an impact upon this community, upon this city, upon the lives of people who don't know you. Father, may this be a year of change. And may you bless this year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.